This is Movies First with Alex First. Secrets and lies. Family ties that bind and repel. Old enemies resurface and new ones are established as power shifts and the threat of a new world order heightens. These concepts are at the heart of the 25th official instalment in the Bond franchise, which, like all the others, has power at its core. No Time to Die starts in the aftermath of Spectre that came out in 2015. That film's conclusion saw James Bond, played by Daniel Craig, and psychotherapist Dr Madeleine Swan, Leia Seydoux, drive away in an Aston Martin DB5. Bond is now living in cautious harmony with wife Madeleine in Matera, a rocky hilltop city perched atop southern Italy. In the opening sequence, we're privy to Madeline's backstory. As the daughter of a sick, pill-popping, alcoholic mother, her father was a spy. Coming after Madeline as a young girl and her mum is one of the story's two uber-villains, Safin, Rami Malek, whose family Madeline's dad wiped out. Madeline and Safin, not to forget Bond, are destined to cross swords through the rest of the picture. The dark shadow of nefarious criminal organisation Spectre also looms large, although its power base has been eradicated. The only one that remains is its mastermind Ernst Blofeld, Christoph Waltz, who is kept under tight security at Belmarsh Prison. Bond has been officially retired, but with a weapon developed by the head of MI6M, Ray Fiennes, being turned against the world, 007 is prevailed upon to return. Mind you, as he's no longer part of the firm, his number has been given to another agent in Nomi, Lashana Lynch, who regards Bond as a spent force. With the help of Q being Ben Wishaw's latest gadgetry, Bond naturally proves otherwise. Movies First with Alex First. The personal dominates the narrative arc, with due reverence to many tropes of the genre. They include splendid-looking motor cars, Booze, gunfights, explosions, hand-to-hand combat and tension between Bond and M. I enjoyed the offering even though I didn't think it was best of breed. It didn't feel like it ran for two and three quarter hours, which is a good sign. Craig is outstanding as a thinking person's Bond, juggling his personal and professional responsibilities. His mix of intelligence and heroics perfectly suits the 2000 and 21 version of the super spy. I'm sad to see him exit the role. Saidu is no slouch either and is given a significant part of the heavy lifting, going about her job with a quiet surety. I appreciated Anna de Aramis as the operative Paloma, who makes quite the entrance. Malik was necessarily creepy as the significant evildoer. Fines, Wishaw and Naomi Harris as Moneypenny all find time to shine in familiar guises. A child actor by the name of Lisa Doris Sonnet is also featured and she comes across well, adding a vital ingredient to the storyline. I wasn't as sold on the new 007 Naomi, whose main purpose appears to be baiting Bond, having been assigned his number. I thought she was relatively lightweight. The way she was written by Neil Purvis, Robert Wade, Carrie Fukunaga, the man who was at the helm of Jane Eyre, who also directs this offering, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, was overdone and corny. 
the settings and cinematography thereof by Linus Sandgren, who won an Oscar for his work on La La Land, are spectacular. I'd welcome a Bond World Discovery Tour post-COVID-19 that takes in the locales referenced here. In conclusion, No Time to Die has been worth the wait. Now we sit back and watch who the next actor to step into Bond's shoes is. No Time to Die scores a 7 out of 10. You've been listening to Movies First with Alex First. Available at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio or your favourite podcast player. You can also stream on demand at Bytes.com. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.